Hello, we're back. Hi guys, <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a long while. We've been on a break, but <laughs> Big the time, roomies time. at the movies are back. We're on still roomies. Radio. Still not going to the movies, unfortunately, because of yep. lockdown times. But um, we're back at it. I'm a little bit nervous. I <laughs> forgot how this felt. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just trying to keep my cool right now and just you know. Yeah, you're super cool. Try to be natural. <laughs> okay. But yeah, we're um back. And it's been three months. Uh, we are aware of that, and we're so sorry. If I hope you're all doing <laughs> well. I hope you are. We're doing well. Like I'm doing. I'm doing fine. Um, I'm super excited for everything that there is to come because since we've been we've been away for so long, we've had a lot of time to think about really cool new concepts that we can bring to you guys. Yep. And um, the list is long. Very long. The we have quite a lot of things set up for future episodes and we're quite excited and i think today is one that um we're well seasoned <laughs> on, <laughs> i would say it was quite difficult actually to prepare for today yeah because um would you like to introduce to our viewers the uh, theme of today elizabeth well yeah um we're talking today about period dramas and i think this is not um Maybe a surprise, because I feel like this has been like a trend, like since winter with mm -hmm. Bridgerton, mm -hmm. <laughs> which we did see. We and, binged um, it away, we have to admit. Yeah, I have to say, I have a little like soft spot for period mm -hmm. dramas. Like, it's I'm, a little bit like a guilty pleasure, yeah, I would say. I've always been into it. And I know that Theresa has too, right? <laughs> I've been through a little Downton Abbey phase. I have to out myself here. Um, over Christmas and actually the entire month of January, I have been um, re-watching all the seasons. And I don't know what it is about this show <laughs> that is so... like it's. I'm tied to my laptop. I cannot stop watching it. It's so strange. Honestly, I don't know why either. I must say, I'm more of a like Victorian era kind of okay. drama, okay. Pe like period drama person. Uh, but I do actually. I even watched like some period drama K dramas, mm -hmm. uh, which I enjoyed a lot, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's just fun to watch. There's the costumes, like the lavish production. You know, it's so excessive. It's and not only, amazing. I would say, in our personal lives, but also, um, like, a little broader. This has been a really big trend. It's mm -hmm, been coming mm -hmm. back a lot with, like, Bridgerton, with uh, David Copperfield. I don't know if any one of you watched that. The Crown has been popping. Like, yeah, really it's big. so big. Wow. And then... Actually, I think it's perfect that we're talking about this yes, right now. Yes, today, actually. It that is such true. A, so topical, you know? Wow. So relevant. <laughs> Welcome to this relevant uh, political <laughs> podcast. Uh, uh, yeah. No, and also, um, <laughs> like, Emma has been coming out last year, right? Little Women yeah. has been, like, it, there's been a lot of shows that, that are set in the past. Yeah. What do you think is it about um, period pieces and costume dramas, which actually my little research has shown that costume dramas are considered like a subcategory in period pieces. And um, they are actually, they're judged a little bit. Like, I feel like there's a cliche like that costume, costume dramas, dramas yeah, yeah, and period pieces are not like very intellectual, you know, that it's not serious films, that it's more entertainment. Well, I, I would agree to some extent because I think... <clears throat> Where I think for today's episode, it's not just costume drama, right? No. I think today we're also talking about more like serious types of films. But I can see why, because I feel like the costume dramas are 
like they go they're really at the fine line of almost being a little bit ridiculous like <laughs> you know the scenery yeah. and everything or um i think it's also this heavy heavy romanticization mm -hmm. of the genre mm -hmm. that is just really um like an escape i would yeah. say so it's I not that, that serious you know it's like to fuel our daydreams You know? Yeah, I think people also enjoy it. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's been so popular lately, that people just really like the escapism. Of course, if like it's set in a different time and all the, the set design, the costuming, makeup, everything looks like foreign to our life today. Of course, it's much easier to like not like related to anything that's going on today. So it's the perfect escape. But I think um, what should not be underestimated is that actually through making something like through like estranging you know a time you can show problems that we have today much more precisely if that makes sense do you get what i mean i get what you mean but i think i mean this is not the case for all movies of yeah, course like, i think like not some pride and prejudice situation rarely. but but um in what we're showing today actually i think um yeah. the movies that we're going to introduce you guys today to there they did that quite well I'd say, and also, I mean, Bridgerton, like, I know you can say a lot about that show, but, like, it was a little bit political, too, I'd say. I think, like, by kind of, like, distancing modern times from that period, you can expose it much more uh, visually. That's and, like, what I tried to say, yeah. Like, you. harder, mm -hmm. kind of, than now. And You can I exaggerate Yeah, you well. can exaggerate it, but as we will see, Not always. You can take it too far. And yeah. um, sometimes I think the message is not well packaged and delivered mm -hmm. uh, for the viewers, which can be quite problematic. And I think uh, it could be a reoccurring like theme for these period dramas. Um, but we will talk more on that later. But yeah, so yeah, we've been watching a lot. Like seriously, we watched so many movies and like, We even did a video essay on one yeah, of Yeah, you should go and check it out because it actually um, fits quite yeah. well with today's theme. We made a little video essay of Yorgos Lanthimos, the favorite, an immaculate period drama. No, yeah, period drama, that's the right yeah. word. Now I'm confused with the costume drama, period drama. Period drama, that's P the Period drama, word. I think it would be a better term for Yeah, it. we have watched this movie, I think, four times or something. And um, an immense amount of times, and I think we were a little bit traumatized at some point. At some point, yeah. yeah. But we made a nice video essay about that. You yeah. should go and check it out. It's um, linked on our Instagram, and it's in collaboration with Claudia, Siete. our beloved friend. <laughs> yes, and um, actually, the voiceover is done by our beloved friend Eric, whom you know from last episode, yeah. actually from the yeah. Christmas times. He helped so. us a little bit doing the voiceover, which was actually like. A nice twist because we we're talking about three women, like the power play at court. It's really spicy. It but is. <laughs> <laughs> but we loved it. And actually, uh, this movie, uh, the styling and costuming in this movie is the same person. It's uh, Sandy Powell. Yes. Um, she also is actually um, the costume designer for one of the movies that we will talk about, which is Orlando. I'm really excited to talk about this. But yeah, uh, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, do you have any like main observations from everything that we've gathered so far? Do you think like, yeah. I think a bottom line from um, a lot of these 
period piece is this that men really suck. And I feel like full stop. <laughs> <laughs> this is um this could be common, a title for this it's episode. It's like a quite common theme in our podcast that mm-hmm. we make this observation and I must say like is I think there's something really problematic about um period drama sometimes mm-hmm. regarding misogyny and mm-hmm. uh orientalism yeah like which people don't really take notice of and it's quite surprising i mean we are studying media and culture and we have a lot of classes on stuff like this like orientalism and we're pretty well read on it and also the male gaze and it's surprising to see this these films that are so big and are doing so well, critically acclaimed, we're, we're anticipating mm-hmm. it so much, and then to find out, you know, that mm-hmm. there's some things that are under the surface that a lot of people don't see, but, um, yeah. Yeah, we, that we'll being said, I think, um, like, we're aware of um, that, that Western period dramas are, like, an historically quite white genre. Yeah. Like, that's changing a little bit recently, like... Um, with the most recent period pieces that have been coming out. But I would say, like, the British, they're really, like, up in the game (laughs) with the period pieces. They like a good uh, historical, nice drama. And what I find very interesting, the British, they always use the same people. Did you notice that? Like, there's so many, like, there's, like, quite a few British actors and actresses that just reoccur. Like, they're they're only in those period pieces. Like, you know, like, Kira Knightley. I don't know her in anything else. No, but Kira Knightley, she is really good at it. Mm -hmm. I must say she This is not a judgment at all. Like, it's just so crazy because then you see the same people and they're, like, part of this universe at that point, you know? Um, Actually, we had that with, like, um, Joe Alwyn, who has been in The Favourite, and he is also (laughs) in the first movie that we're going to talk about today, which is Mary Queen of Scots. And he is making an appearance there, too. And we were like, is this the same person? Is this his, like, cousin or something? (laughs) It looks like him, but, like, a little bit elevated, like, a little bit more mature. (laughs) Really funny. And... So there's just these faces, I think, that just fit pure pieces insanely well. Actually, I have been told myself, because I used to do a little bit of acting and extra work myself, I used to be told by, like, this makeup artist once that um, my face also fits very well in historical pieces. Oh. If you want to cast me. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) For your period piece. Don't think about that. But no, like, I think there's just... Uh, <laughs> Theresa, shameless. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I've been told that. So I just wanted to, to put that out there. Um, I think we can dive in to yeah. our first movie of the day, which is, as I said, Mary Queen of Scots from 2018. And it's directed by Josie Rourke. Rourke. Rourke? Yeah, and it stars um, wonderful Saoirse Ronan and Margot Robbie. And it's, uh, like, also, um, what's his name? The one from Doctor Who. Oh, I, I don't know his name. I'm so sorry. Ah, can you look it up really quick? Okay. What's his name again? I forgot. This is very embarrassing. Um. <laughs> but he, I mean, he he was not that important. No, but like he's day. really famous. It had like really high mm. class um, cast. Like really David high. Tennant? David Tennant. <laughs> Tennant. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> he's on. I really like him a lot. I like his acting a lot. And he played uh, John Knox, I think. Mm. Um, and he, that was really cool. Um, yeah, I think like in this movie, there's a lot of familiar faces, uh-huh. and I was really surprised to see Margot Robbie as 
Queen Elizabeth, like the first.、Mm-hmm. And I must say, like the styling and the makeup on her was immaculate. Like she, she was very believable in that role. And you know, we don't imagine Margot Robbie and this kinds of like more serious, true. Uh, roles, because、uh, we have seen her in different, like like those、Tarantino、Hollywood, situations. like Tarantino films, where she's like, you know, like、mm-hmm. following a certain trope of like、mm-hmm. this blonde girl, whatever. But here she's playing this really like complex character who very much so. You know, she's being like manipulated. Like her, she's like the playground of politics、mm-hmm. in this movie, and how much she's she's actually suffering under it.、Um, And I think it this she was amazing in this actually. And Saoirse Ronan. Yeah, Saoirse Ronan. Wow, I、yeah. I say those um like these two actresses they carry the entire movie because um I mean it's the story like、uh, Saoirse Ronan plays Mary the Queen of Scots and um Margot Robbie plays Queen Elizabeth the first so and it's the story when um Mary Queen of Scots returns from because her French husband has passed away. Um, so she moves back from France to Scotland, and tries to make up with her cousin Elizabeth. But I think everyone is very familiar with the story. I think、yeah. this is a very overexhausted story. Like there's been countless movies. Catherine Hepburn I mean, had also, also played like, like Rain、uh, and everything. Yeah, so many. Yeah. So I think actually it's pretty brave to in 2018 try to. Revive、make another it, f- film of the story、yeah. because everyone knows this at this point, and it's a very like it, it's hard to make this exciting. But I say think that、uh, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> Josie Rourke really did a good job. I think she focused more on、um, the emotional side, the personal, like the, the people behind these names, Mary Queen of Scots and Elizabeth, and showed them as real、I、women. Like and I really like that. A lot of the、that. like things we learn about this story, which. We all kind of know it's like the it's always like so dehumanizing, yeah, and, and vilified,、uh, and vilified, like demonized. You know, it's、yeah. like these two queens like fighting, and there's viciously like, fighting, the like whole evil. like、uh, fight over the throne and like Scotland and England. And I feel like this movie really shows how,、um, in a sense, they really had no other choice, and that they were kind of like. Taken in the stream of politics between like the men and、uh, all of the the how how should I say it like the fights between these two nations and the Catholic and Protestant aspect、yeah. of it and how actually we forget that those were real people、yeah. and that they're not just evil like bloody. I don't、know. They're not just villains. Villains,、and、yeah. I think、um, what this movie shows really well is that it's not that simple. Like a lot comes together, you know, in these、um, political movements because that's in the end what those two women were. Like,、um, and they were parts of major power apparatuses and just sometimes just parts, you know, and puppets of. A bigger organization,、yeah. and、um, I really liked a lot that、uh, the focus here was on on the people behind those positions, and it focused on their emotional life and on their own desires and on their own, you know. Also, sometimes it's just hard, and I think、uh, that was shown really nicely.、Yeah. And also, actually, I read about the director who really wanted to emphasize、um, these women and. 
who they are as humans and their bodies mm. and how they are affected by this and also <clears throat> actually i read that the director had to like convince the studio not to delete, i read that yeah, too uh-huh. not to delete like um a scene where queen mary actually had her period and she was like on a quote those were uh instructive discussions about how honest we're being about women's bodies and what they do women's pleasure and what that is and a queen's body as a political canvas it happens to half of us and we need to show this stuff it does it, it does need to be normalized and um I yes think josie yes this is just <laughs> end quote by the way <laughs> i think this is just um like amazing and we see this a lot in um films directed by women like mm-hmm. as we saw in the portrait of lady on fire as well i just it's so refreshing to actually mm-hmm. see um women's bodies being normalized and our feelings and um also exposing like these patriarchal like norms that are Im- imposed on us or like what we have to show and what cannot be shown and i really love that about this that it's so human in the end like this i really like this movie actually Completely. <laughs> yeah and i think um actually what what josie manages to do i'm just gonna call her by her first name no josie <laughs> me or <laughs> this close <laughs> no but like i think um what she did here is what's needed for the future of period dramas in my opinion you know because it's not just supposed to show like a glorified version of a past that never existed really yeah. you know because i think that happens a lot too um but that she shows the real people behind it so that we can on this level relate much more mm-hmm. and i think uh, what we spoke about earlier that in telling stories from the past historical pieces you can reflect a lot on what's going on today and um i think that in this movie mary queen of scots this you can see this very clearly it's really relevant i'd say and um <laughs> i wrote down a little quote of what you said elizabeth and um <laughs> you said i think elizabeth was actually kind of nice just everyone misunderstood her <laughs> and because especially elizabeth is made up as this big villain with the red hair you know so evil and, and like egg shaped face i really <laughs> felt for her i felt for her so much yeah. this being said though this is a little warning because margot robbie has these prosthetics on her nose and this is very distracting like the first half of oh really the film. <laughs> yeah. i didn't mind it I actually like, what is I was so amazed by it, to be honest. And then, like, later on, like, the makeup was phenomenal. Actually, um, Mary Kim Scott won, uh, like, no, not won, but was nominated for an Oscar for um, makeup and costume. Oh. Yeah. And the costume designer is actually, her name is Alexander Byrne, and she also made the costumes for Emma, which uh, is really good from last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Emma was a fun movie as well. Really fun. But, um... Yeah, actually, also on that note, I wanted to, um, like, not on that note, but relating to what we were talking about uh, just now, um, I feel like period dramas sometimes are way too sexually charged. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like all these sex scenes are, Mm -hmm. like, supposed to be so fiery and passionate. And what I like about this movie, it was kind of fighting this trope, in a sense. I mean, there was, of course, like, some, like, more passionate or, like, positive ways to show it but it was showing a lot more of the reality although this um like rendition of um the story is a bit like more fictional yeah yeah it yeah, was yeah. Staying it's true not historically accurate but i don't think that that's a political aspects 
of um, sexuality. Yeah. And how, you know, usually, it like, it's so primitive how these sex scenes are displayed sometimes. And here it really showed, you know, that these women we're not always okay with it, you know, Absolutely. and it was much more true to the actual factual um, happenings of the time, which, you know, I, I don't know, like there's, we will talk more about <laughs> all of this <laughs> with our next movie, but yeah. Yeah, that's being said, um, American of Scots received actually 41% on Rotten Tomato audience score rating only. That's pretty low. I was quite shocked after I saw that. And um, then I read it a little bit more. And I think, like, this is not the greatest movie of all times. I'm fine with that. Like, I enjoyed watching it, but yeah. it does require some patience from time to time. Wow, the cinematography is beautiful. Everything looks like an oil painting, kind of. It's the super nice. The nature is luscious. Yeah. Like, you want to go and just, you know, run Into over a field, field or something <laughs> in the fog in the morning. That's kind of what you want to do. But um, it, sometimes it's a little bit lengthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's all right. There's this beautiful scene that carries the entire movie. I think it's the it's a key scene where, where the two women meet, meet right? yeah. and it's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. And I think in that scene, actually, um, because uh, Josie Rourke actually has a theater background and she this is her debut fi- feature as um, a film director. I can really see how. Right? Yeah, and you can really recognize that in yeah. the set design and everything and how theatrical Yeah, and I think she, she manages to convey dialogues like that in a really uh dynamic manner and i th- I th- i'm pretty sure that that's inspired by her yeah. by her theater background and um i think that that worked very nicely yeah I so this is i think this is the most agreeable of all the three films that we're talking about today it's the most most like accessible i would say it's not as extreme yeah, yeah. and um i mean you can either like I don't think anyone's gonna hate this. Absolutely not. I think like since it's like a very like known story, maybe it could be boring. No, but know? I don't think so at all. See, because I mean we both knew the story by heart yeah. because we have both <laughs> been watching no, Rain. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, ju- I'm just referring to why it might have oh, yeah. such a bad yeah. uh, response like on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. But I mean uh, also a lot of people just I can't stand yeah. strong women. That's also a thing, in yeah. fact. So um but also this is not historically accurate. We already said it before, but if that's something that you're looking for, this is not historically accurate. And if you, you're you one of those people that are offended, you know, if then it's like, oh, but that was not how it really happened, da, 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 then maybe, you know, don't watch it. But apart from that, I think this is really cute. You can watch it with your parents, I think. Do you think so? No? It might be a bit awkward. Just like, mm, kind of lingers. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I say it like that? No, but you know, uh, they uh, just a warning. If you're uncomfortable with that kind of scene, uh, um, okay. But whatever, but like it's, it's fairly harmless. I already harmless. forgot about it. See, yeah. like, it wasn't uh, that impressive. Just you take can, a pee break for that. <laughs> and you can also watch this with people that you don't know that well. It's not no yeah. problem at all. No. It's cute. As for our next movie, however, <laughs> big big warning on that one: uh, do not watch it with your parents, and, and not if you're younger than eighteen. Not eighteen. Um, it's not for children. That's what I would yeah, say. Yeah, like not for, not for kids. children. I mean, I think I could have taken like this movie. It was actually recommended to me when I was only seventeen. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's by right. like, someone's mom actually, and uh, I cannot believe it took me five years to finally watch it. Maybe and it wasn't that bad. I mean, 
Okay, like this movie. Oh, we should first <laughs> tell them what we're talking about. <laughs> the Handmaiden by Park Chan-wook. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, from 2016. Uh, Highly anticipated. Highly anticipated. Damn. Big reception. I mean, this movie has really good ratings. And I was really... I mean, I'm not disappointed by some aspects, but there's other dis- like I'm disappointed. aspects that really were pulled. I'm mad, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, should we just get straight into it? I want to say, just so that you get a sense of what, how this felt, this letdown. Okay, people were saying that this is the best Korean movie e- ever. This movie is on like watch list, like you know, like hundred films to see before you die. And I think that that is absolutely overrated. That makes me actually furious because there's there's so many great movies out there. And uh, this one, that was just not it for me. Yeah, so this movie is actually about... <clears throat> so it's set uh, in the 30s in Korea, which was occupied by the Japanese at the time. And it's actually a rework of uh, Sarah Waters' novel, Fingersmith. Now, this... Story is told in three parts, and it's about this pickpocketer, mm-hmm. and uh, her name is Suki, and she actually becomes the handmaiden of this mistress Hideko, and uh, she's supposed to deceive her in order to make her fall in love with this other con man who wants to basically rob her of her fortune. Now this. Um, Movie actually is full of intrigue and like shifting alliances and, you know, kind of also a little bit about vengeance, which is a common theme in this director's um, films. Um, But yeah, there's he explores a lot of (laughs) erotical fantasies and uh, aspects that are extremely controversial and and. The way that he shows it um, just makes it a little bit problematic in the sense that this movie is very male gazy, and um, <laughs> the I don't I don't know how to explain it other than you know, in blue is the warmest color. You just should not have a male director portraying um, lesbian romance and. In such a way. And this film is especially aggressive in the way uh, it shows the relationship between these two women and um, also their sexual encounters, I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, Theresa, would you like to <laughs> say something on it? Yeah, I would like to say um, this did not make me feel good. I did not enjoy myself watching it. And I think, um, like, okay, I I appreciate the cinematography in this movie. I appreciate the, uh, it's, you know, it's one of those movies where, like, one plot twist after the other unfolds. And so there's a lot of turds and it's, like, very shocking, everything, all of that. But I just have the feeling, like, um, that this character just likes to, likes to see how far he can take it and that he just likes to provoke and see where boundaries are that's the sense that i got from the movies that i have seen directed by him um 
And I read this one comment on Letterboxd and this girl was saying, how can you make a movie that is about um, sexual exploitation of women while you're constantly exploiting the protagonist, the, right? your protagonist <clears throat> in your movie? And that is exactly the problem that I have with it. Like The male gaze in this is unbearable. And I think, how can I put it? Like, I just don't feel empowered. I think this movie tried to... It might come across as, you know, an empowerment of women, and but it the did, problem like, is widely a lot yeah, of Yeah, a lot of people really liked it, it. that way. But like yeah. I don't know how much we can take away because people might still want to watch it and like because there's quite big plot twists, I don't wanna yeah. spoil anything. But in my opinion, like I don't think that you should watch this. Honestly, I don't think that you should. So personally I I would not tell people to not watch it. Okay. I there's like aspects of this film. I personally, I'm really into um, films that are full with like this kind of plot twist mm -hmm. and like um, intrigue, and especially uh, Park Chan Wook. Like he, his work, um, which I've been like familiarizing myself with for the past like couple of months. Um, he's really famous for this type of stories about vengeance and yeah. the fertility of it. And, and that's completely fine. Yeah, like, yeah. Don't get me like a like a prude or something. I'm fine also with like explicit sexual scenes. That's not a yeah. problem at all for me. I think you can show that very well, but it's a matter of how you show them. Yeah. And but the problem is if you um if you expose things that are wrong, you know, you can't just show them and Like, we talk about this a lot. There's a fine line between exposing and perpetuating. Yeah. Like, yeah. exposing, criticizing, perpetuating. And, like, those three kind of levels. Um, and, unfortunately, this... Like, The Handmaiden only makes it to perpetuating, unfortunately, in my opinion. And I think you're doing something wrong if you're trying to um, make a movie that empowers women, but then I feel bad after I watch this. You know what I mean? There's yeah. like a conflict of interest here and I don't think um, then it's very good. But yeah. But yeah, I I just want to like finish uh my point from earlier is oh, that uh, no for no problem. But um yeah, like I've been watching like a lot of his movies yeah. like Old Boy and um Sympathy for Lady Vengeance which are like part of his uh, Vengeance trilogy and um in all of those movies I have to say like there's parts of it that I felt quite uncomfortable like with some of the themes or like the dis especially the display of women cuz exactly. um <laughs> Lady Vengeance maybe is different but like Old Boy also like it's very mm -hmm. much like about the men and the uh female roles are all about um kind of playing like as a tool in the film to uh, make the plot go further or like they're leveraging tools to um kind of for the villain to uh pressure the other like the victim or whatever and uh his films are very nuanced like i think like he's a a great like um like director in the sense that he can really make these twists and um make really intriguing movies with big shocks and like at the end you're like just grabbing your hair and you're like what the fuck um It's very shocking, and I, I wouldn't say that it's, like, for an audience that cannot handle it. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to put it out there that I do respect, like, 
the work that he makes and I really like some of his movies but it always needs to be taken with a grain of salt and I think that especially The Handmaiden was one of the works where I felt like it was too much for me because um, Old Boy it was one thing although <laughs> also really crazy mm. but um, I think like The Handmaiden it was driven a bit too far and a bit And it was extremely unrealistic about um, the suffering of women and mm. what they go through with sexual exploitation. And I think it wasn't really like I feel like people don't realize and also the audience, like the majority of the audience does not realize how this kind of display of um, women loving women is just made for for men, yeah. you know? It's this is That's not problem, made exactly. for actual women. Yeah, this is made like like softcore or hardcore porn for men who are into this kind of stuff, and it's really disgusting to imagine that there's an audience yeah. out there that's watching this kind of film, but not thinking that it's there's something wrong about it. Yeah, they're kind of like excited about seeing stuff like this. And I think that this is the fine line that was crossed with this film. Um, Maybe we can explain this really quick because I'm yeah, sure people are listening that don't, don't know what um, the male gaze is actually. So basically, this is something that you can detect. It was coined. The term was coined. Oh, a little <laughs> media studies <laughs> session by Laura Mulvey. And um, it's basically if women in film and television are only portrayed from a male perspective always, you know, um, and not from a female perspective. Like, that's really detectable in, like, older movies when, for example, um, you never see point-of-view shots from the women and the way in which um, women's bodies are shown is always very sexualized and too... But uh, how can I explain this? It's made to fit It's the man, standard of like of men. what men like and yeah. what turns men on. and But not what women like. And it's also and really harmful because you know how like most porn is only about the men's pleasure. Yeah. You know, it's not about what the girl gets. She just does what the men want. And that's like also in Orlando, which we were, um, we're going to talk in a bit. Like you remember that one scene where the they were like saying these awful things to Orlando, and then she didn't say anything because she was just so shocked mm -hmm. about what she heard. And then they were like, "Oh, she doesn't say anything. Perfect." You know? Yeah. It it's basically like this. It's like women having to fit what men want them to be and being just completely being objectified and, and not objectified. being real people and that's the yeah. problem that i have with the handmaiden that the women are not real people yeah. and that's exactly what's wrong with that also i would like to say should you decide to watch this movie um if you're sensitive to like also child abuse and um very explicit sexual scenes and um violence also like brutality I don't think this is, this is not for you, especially because yeah. this one. It is about porn. It like is, yeah, it, yeah, is it is very, like explicit. Which is fine. You can make porn, a movie you know? about porn, but not like this. No, because it's like 
instead of denouncing it, it's kind of just making it aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. You know, because... And that's, that's so terrible. That's oh, what yeah. what's so also difficult for me about this movie is that I think the cinematography and, like, this distinct style that um, Park um, Chan-wook has is amazing. Like, is yeah, amazing. Yeah. He's extraordinary in his craft. Like, he's really good at making um, these movies really beautiful, you know, on a visual, like, aspect. But if you think about the political implications his of it... His writing. It's very... His writing of female characters, yeah. I think, has a problem. Yeah, I think it's very doubtful. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone should think about that because we were yeah. so surprised about, like, the reception... No one really talked about this, and only like a very few people actually left, like uh, especially on Letterbox. Mm -hmm. Like, only a few people left really bad reviews, and yeah, like I mean, all those reviews are warranted. They were like, I'm only giving it one sure. star because it was beautifully shot, and the like the plot. But aside from this yeah. huge problem, um, is really good. You know, yeah, you could yeah. like. But to give the, the listeners an idea, like on Letterbox, for example, it had twenty six thousand reviews, and only twenty of them We're gave bad, a, yeah. like what half a star or one star review. And I just think that we need to talk about this, like that some things are not okay here, you know. And um, I'm just I'm just wondering where this discourse is because you really had to dig for it, yeah, to yeah. see like kind of comments like this and they were not there and that made me that shocked me quite a bit and then I sometimes think you know maybe we're in a bubble after all and like we notice these things but the majority of people might not yeah, and, and it makes me <sighs> wonder as well like the people that recommended this film to me mm -hmm. are women that I have so much respect mm -hmm. for like and not to, not even people my age it's like a mother mm. recommended True, this yeah. to me. And to think just that, you know, at the time, um, no one thought about this. No one thought about it in this way. And it just looked, oh, yeah, like, so, so beautiful. This, like, uh, these two women, like, having sex. And it's so, like, raw and lustful and whatever. But are we not seeing it? W are we not seeing that we're being manipulated kind of or like conditioned to see it in this way when actually there's so many layers to it that are below the f surface and i think the general public is not really yeah. receptive unfortunately to that. not yeah. yeah like it's so internalized i think this kind of thinking yeah. and we're, we're so used to seeing women portrayed in this way But I'm just sick and tired of this at this point. Yeah. I must and, say, yeah. like, um, like I, it's so hard for me because I, I, there's aspects of I know, I know, this I know. director yeah, I just it. love. I know. And But here, yeah. it's just not it. Yeah, I it's would just say a miss. Bong Joon-ho does Wins just over. as great. <laughs> like, you know, it it's has the same like type of movie. Type yeah. of movie. He does the same without this aspect of like without, um, be without being misogynist misogynist yeah. and um also pushing the bound boundaries of what is acceptable trying to shock so yeah. hard yeah. like i i get it if you like shock value but like you don't need this to go this far yeah okay anything else you want to add to this 
except before once again. No, don't just, watch it with your parents. Yeah, don't watch it with your parents. Um, I, I, I recommend seeing this movie, but uh, like take um, the... Pay attention. Yeah, take what we said into consideration and also uh, like listen to our like trigger warnings. Yeah. Like seriously, this... I think I feel like someone could watch this and get really hurt by it. Yeah. And um yeah, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm so I'm, nervous I don't actually to talk about this movie with already. other people or even talking about it on the podcast because yeah. um I don't want I I don't first of all, I'm scared to hear about people's opinions on this and if they actually think it's okay. I'm not. And um no, I'm just just scared, it's you fine. know, cuz like fine, asking yeah. our friends and everything uh-huh. like it's it's a scary thing and you know to see that people don't realize mm-hmm. this but also yeah i don't i'm glad we're talking about this i don't want to undermine you know oh absolutely uh, anyone's not work or whatever but and but i think i mean this is not like we're not bashing it or anything yeah. we're just saying there's there are things that are wrong and i'm actually looking forward i would love to talk to someone like that has a different yeah. opinion to mine and i would like to point some things out to that because i honestly i think it's like you said earlier like with a little bit more of education, probably, you know, and if you were like more sensible to problems here, yeah. then um, I'm looking forward to having conversa- conversations about that because I think that's really important and we need to talk about this. And um, absolutely, yeah, I don't want to like say actually a proper recommendation because for me, I don't think there's if you decide to watch a movie, like watch something else. That's my opinion, but yeah. I think uh, it has been <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> explored enough. All right. Okay. Uh, let's wow. breathe quickly. Um, yeah. <laughs> this got kind of emotional. But we can talk about it on Instagram as well. Yeah, like, I'd love we, to. We I'd really do a love live to. live about it maybe and like invite some people to I'd talk with us to. about it's it. I'd love to. It's going to be fun. Yeah. But yeah, um, you can find us at Roomies at the Movies on Instagram mm-hmm. for that. Um, but yeah, I think we should move on and uh, <sighs> take a deep breath and digest <laughs> this whole conversation <laughs> but we're talking about orlando it's uh by sally porter and was made in the in 1992 and actually this one is uh this episode's favorite like, this one takes the crown this. right this one takes it absolutely it's without so any comparison it takes the crown it wins so unconventional right it was very different from what i expected like almost <laughs> like gender bending i don't know it was great like absolutely great can I just quote really quick? Yeah, absolutely. The same person, not different at all, just a different sex. How amazing. I, I love this. I love it. Um, all right. So basic informations first off, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you want to start? Um, it stars Tilda Swinton. I love Tilda Swinton. <laughs> <laughs> we um, love her. <laughs> this is um, a film. It's based on um, the novel... Orlando. Orlando by Virginia Woolf. Which was... Okay, sorry. <laughs> so it's based on Virginia Woolf's Orlando, which was published in 1928. And um, actually, the author wrote Orlando for her lover, Vita Sackwell West. That's a mouthful. Uh, who was an aristocrat uh, who could not inherit her beloved family mm-hmm. estate and um, had to conceive an heir to pass it Mm -hmm. you know to Mm -hmm. keep it and whatever and i sorry (laughs) and i think um 
Yeah, the part of this like very true like uh, experience is uh, implemented into the plot of the film as well. And um, yeah, I. What what do I have to say about it? It's from the reign of Elizabeth the first. That's where it starts, and it ends with the birth of Elizabeth the second. Like, and to Tilda put it broadly, carries us throughout, and she survives it all. Like she's living through the like four decades. Decades? No, not decades. What am I talking centuries. about? Centuries. Four hundred years. Four hundred years. Four four centuries that she is just looking Stunning. stunning. Did you know every time that there's like a time jump in this film, her eye color changes. Really? Yeah. Oh, I need to watch it again. It's I didn't notice that. Amazing. So, um, yeah, do you want to say something about the plot, maybe? Okay, <laughs> I think I think the plot is not that important actually. Um so it's about Orlando and Orlando starts off as a man and he's like the son of someone at court and Queen Elizabeth promises to um, promises that Orlando will inherit the house like it's like a really nice castle that then actually fun true fact um, it's shot at the same location as the favorite so you know if you're watching it and you watch both it will you will see some familiar situations um so yeah the queen Promises Orlando that he will keep he will be able to keep the house if he only doesn't grow old and if he doesn't like wither wither away, away. exactly um, and so Orlando doesn't and tries himself out in many different occupations um, he goes to Constantinople for a little bit he tries out different um, relationships with one Russian woman with oh. um, m- multiple. A people. Russian woman with a very lovely French accent. Absolutely lovely. <laughs> um, and it jumps, as we said, through 400 years. And I don't think it's very important what happens. It's more important that the atmosphere is great. Nothing is explained. And it's more... <laughs> nothing is explained. Nothing is explained. It At just first happens. we were like, wait, was... Orlando alive for a hundred years and is still looking plump <laughs> and juicy like that. Like what yeah. is going on? But um, I think like maybe the main takeaway of the film is the quote that we yeah. cited in the beginning. Yeah, I think so too. Because it's just yeah. about Orlando's unwillingness to conform to what is expected of him, whether he's a man or Orlando becomes a woman and just wakes up like that. And just it's like, like that. Well, that's fine. I'm still the same person. I'll just wear different clothes if I have exactly. to. But if this one person at court tells me I have to do this now because I'm not a man anymore, well, fuck them. I'm yeah, just going to exactly. be Orlando still, you yeah. know? And um, I think to summarize that, you can you could say like it offers a lot of different perspectives on human existence because it's throughout so many times different genders i mean hello it's so great um and to go back to what we said in the very beginning through orlando waking up as a woman one day um you can see very clearly how different like how how your environment is very different how your life experience changes a lot if from if you're a man or if you're a woman like you can see like the literal direct comparison huh so um it's very clear how oppression of women works yeah and how 
the expectations suddenly shift and mm-hmm. how acceptable mm-hmm. it is for a man to deviate from them as to a woman she loses everything in this context yeah and um yeah like i just think that um first of all the costumes and just the way it's shot feels so authentic mm-hmm. in a way yeah 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 like and also um Actually, Tilda Swinton was um, cast for this role before it was actually written. Oh, really? Yeah. And she worked mm. five years on it uh, with Sally Potter. And, you know, I think Tilda Swinton was so perfect for this role. Absolutely. As she, Perfection. Like, throughout the whole movie, she puts on these different costumes and takes on different forms And, like, as her hair is, like, growing so mm. long. And um, it's almost like, you know, like, gender just does not matter in this movie to Orlando. You know, Orlando just does not care about that. And uh, we also see how even internally with the experiences that he has, although he doesn't actively, like, decide anything, he does change in the way he perceives the world as a woman compared to as a man. Of course, which we also see, you get treated differently. We so. see how in the beginning he kind of like speaks to this Russian woman who he was yeah, in yeah. love with, like, you're mine because yeah. I adore you or whatever. And then later someone actually tells that to him and he's like, what do you mean? It's not because if you like me, that's that, a you problem. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. You're n- I'm not under what grounds am I yours, you know? And yeah. We see this shift and how he also real uh, or like she in this um, part of the film, um, how she shifts her perspective and starts to realize what it means and um, maybe also how she's gonna free herself from that, you know. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's really funny. It's really yeah. funny. Um, I laughed out loud quite a bit <laughs> and um, I just think this should be a classic like I I want this to be more out there because also actually now like Tilda Swinton is like an icon kind of you know like Tilda Swinton is very well known and people are obsessed with her and uh, back then that was not the case but I think this role is perfect for her it's so can, great can we just talk about Breaking the fourth wall. Oh, no I thought one something bad happened. Like like the look on your face, I thought we had like no, overlooked something like, really bad. How can something. we not mention this? <laughs> no, it ki- kicks me like in flea back when Phoebe Waller Bridge always looks into the camera. I love it so much. I like, I throw myself away. It's so hilarious. Every time so Tilda Swinton just looks at you, you hold your breath. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh my God. And I love how. It's almost as if Orlando is confronting you, you know? They're like And you're in the movie. I love breaking the fourth wall. So I love it. It's one of my favorite what's reaction, you know? Things. I, and also you know those amazing. knowing looks. It's like <laughs> they yeah. said that again, huh? You He's know, you know honestly, fella. Like, Orlando is kind of cheeky in this film. Super cheeky. Like so cheeky. And <laughs> what I really like about it, I mean, um in the beginning Tilda Swinton plays a man, huh? But I really like that they um they didn't try to to change her outlook or something, you know, no, with like some sort of prosthetics, all. whatever, like a, a really fake beard or something. She's just 
for me, it's somehow like she's just herself throughout the yeah. entire movie. And I think that that is great. And I think it has a really nice uh, atmosphere. It's very whimsical almost. Like, yeah, it's it is. It's super peaceful. And like it it's is. really nice. It, it's just a really also, nice watch. I loved I loved looking at also, it. It's bizarre. Queen, I Queen love Elizabeth it. was uh, portrayed by Quentin Crisp. Crisp? Yeah, yeah. Is it crisp? <laughs> uh, Such a was, nice little nod. I just like, love mm-hmm. it. You know, I, yeah, also it kind of goes hand in hand with like, you know, the gender does not really mm-hmm. matter in these roles, you know, and I think. But it's Quentin not crisp forced at all. And w- I no, like that it so much. And he was such a perfect queen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was flawless. Absolutely. <laughs> it was so believable. And I mean, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved it. I really how, enjoyed it. You know, it also shows how. I don't know, like, she was really, n- it didn't feel, like, performative in no. a sense, you know? It, it felt was so, so natural. natural and organic, yeah. everything. And I think that that's super hard to achieve, actually. Yeah. And um, it was just beautiful and opulent and fun. And yeah. so fresh. I want to see so more fresh. like this. Actually, surprising that this. a movie from the early 90s ah. give, gave us such a refreshed perspective on what, period dramas can be mm-hmm. after watching so many this one is the one that sticks with me i think yeah I, I mean right after we finished the movie we're like we need to watch it again this is great and um hopefully the theaters will open again because i do know that lab 111 really wants to have their little tilda swinton moment and, and they should this movie was part of the trailer so she was really young when she yeah. filmed that and it was in the beginning of her career I, think. I don't know how old she was though I can't do math. <laughs> young. But it's it's wonderful. And I want this to have more attention somehow. Like, I think this is one, you know, that needs to be brought back from the yeah. past. And, like, we need to talk about it a little more. Because I think this is so, like, as relevant as ever. Like, you can watch that now. And it's it, it, it will be great. It will it be a great really watch. It aged really well, right? It aged so well. It aged very well. It's like they were, I think they were really ahead of their time, maybe. Yeah, you know, perhaps. maybe that's why also not it. It's not as known, but I feel like this has a lot of potential, and yeah. I I recommend it to everyone. Like watch it with your parents. Me too. Watch it. With you your can watch it with your parents. Boyfriend. Yay! A clean watch to watch <laughs> with your parents. No, watch it with your parents. Watch it with your boyfriend, girlfriend, your significant other. It's whatever. not too long either. Like one your and a half hours friends. or something. Yeah, it's very like bite sized. Yeah. I would say so. True. So that being okay. said, we know that we are aware that Virginia Woolf also, you know, is a little bit of a controversial person. But this movie is really, yeah, clean to watch. You can you can do that with good contents. Yeah. So wow. This if you pick one of them today, pick Orlando, <laughs> and this let was us fun. know. Like, uh, actually, we really want to know what you guys think about these movies and um, just open a discussion about it because that's really what we want to do is just talk about these movies and um, know what you guys think because I think like sometimes online like letterbox is amazing you know you can like kind of talk to other people it's like a social network for Mm -hmm. films but I think it's really it would be really fun to know your guys's opinions on this and if you agree or if you disagree um, please message yeah. us on Instagram message seriously, us, yeah. and this is not just like <laughs> follow us. Yeah. This is like actually, please do message us because we are really curious. At and, roomies at the movies, um, and maybe we can do what you said earlier, like really have some live sessions, you know, with you guys yeah. on our Instagram where we just have an open conversation. Everyone that would like to join can join, and you know, bring in their opinion because, I mean. 
that's what I miss doing, you know, after going to the theater, like just have like a little beer in a bar next door and just discuss the movie over and over. That's what I like to do. And uh, that's why we're doing the podcast as well. So, and we'd love to connect with you guys a little bit more yeah. like that. And um, that would be super nice. So please don't be shy and message us. Yeah, and we're so happy to actually just be back on track with the podcast. And we're so grateful that uh, Slim Radio is giving us this opportunity to record and uh, just, you know, be yeah. expressing ourselves. It was a little rusty in the beginning from my side. <laughs> I felt like, but well, now I'm back at it. Uh, I felt right. at some point... <laughs> At some point, I was getting so out of breath. We like, didn't seriously. make it easy for us as well. Like with the handmaiden, I was so nervous to talk about that today. Ah, but a I think controversy. Mm. we did well. I think so too. This was yeah. fun. Thank you guys so much for listening. and Have um, a great rest of your day. Whatever hopefully you're see doing. you very soon or hear you very soon. Send over Goodbye. some movie recommendations. Goodbye.